0: This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Mizugai. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support.
1: Command codes verified.
2: Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel.
3: Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 284 of Priority One Podcast, your weekly report on all things Star Trek. Available for download or streaming on Monday, August 29th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah.
0: And I'm Kenna.
3: And as always, in the recording studio is our audio engineer, Winters. Do you glitch, everyone? All right, Ken, we've got a big show this week. What do we got?
0: Well, this week we are trekking out some obscure Star Trek trivia and why Brian Fuller has been looking at James Bond cars for visual inspiration. In Star Trek Online News, Cryptic has shocked us all by finally releasing an endgame Constitution class starship. We've also got details on the dev team setup for Star Trek Mission New York. Later, our science advisor, Dr. Robert Hurd, is here with a very special supplemental astrometrics report. And as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages.
3: Of course, don't forget to keep the conversation going at facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast or on Twitter at priority one pod. You can also send us an email via incoming at priority one podcast dot com.
0: Speaking of engaging with us, we have a very special announcement to make. Priority One Podcast has teamed up with the Intrepid Sea, Air, and Space Museum to ensure that you graduate from Starfleet Academy during the weekend of September the 2nd through the 4th.
3: That's right, captains or cadets. Well, Now I'm just all confused. Priority One Podcast is arranging a very special graduation event. If you're attending Pop's Star Trek Mission, New York, then we want you to meet with us on Saturday night, September 3rd at 7 p.m. to go through the Starfleet Academy Experience aboard the Intrepid. Join Jace, Henry, and me, and let's go through the Academy Experience together. We'll also be joined by special guests like Al Rivera, lead designer of Star Trek Online. And perhaps some
1: others.
0: (laughs) And thanks to the intrepid Sea, Air, and Space Museum, we've arranged for you to save $5 off the cost of admission into the exhibit. Just use promo code PRIORITY1PODCAST, all one word, at online checkout or mention it at the box office.
3: And if you can't attend, don't worry. You can be sure that I'll be taken to Facebook Live and Twitter throughout the weekend to bring you the latest Star Trek news from the Javits Center during Pop's Mission New York.
0: And finally, thanks again to all our Patreon supporters who make this show possible from week to week. Visit us at patreon.com forward slash priority1 and find out about all the cool perks we have to offer.
3: And a big thanks to uh,
0: Thaddeus, a new patron. Woohoo! Woohoo! New Patreon! Whee. Speaking of Patreon perks, this week on Priority One After Hours.
1: Well, t- typically, you just have to invest the time. Oh, but you see, oh we're... God.
0: Just... I'm gonna just... Oh my god!
1: What the, what the hell happened?
0: Very big spider on my desk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, it's really big! Oh my
4: god! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) Please, 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 please! please, please.
1: (laughs) Oh my god!
5: Please, I'm actually crying.
0: This unscripted, uncensored, and unedited recording is available exclusively to our Patreon subscribers.
3: Now, let's trek out some interesting Star Trek trivia and news about Star Trek Discovery. places? I don't
4: know.
2: Then let's trek it out.
4: Heroes, attention, men, and women of adventure. The Federation needs you. The galaxy is wrought with peril. In every unexplored corner of this vast universe, there lurks the potential for disaster. Starfleet needs hard-boiled Johns and James with the wherewithal to combat these pitfalls. Starfleet needs you. Starfleet Academy aboard the Intrepid Sea, Air, and Space Museum is recruiting. Learn the necessary skills to serve Starfleet as a helmsman, security, communications, medical, or command officer. You will start your training on average Tom, Dick, or Harriet, but in the near future you will learn a great many things. How to use a medical tricorder, how to helm a starship, and how to fire a phaser. But you won't be boning up on your studies solo. You'll be brushing elbows with the famed Priority One cadets. They're not your everyday mud eaters. These are the best of the best. Allies that will stay with you through thick and thin. Every enthusiastic, adventurous explorer in New York City on the 3rd of September at 7 p.m. is eligible to become one of these students and graduate with Priority One. Graduating with Priority One podcast at Starfleet Academy aboard the Intrepid Museum guarantees access to special rewards a savings of five clams off the price of admission don't be an eight ball get cracking be our hero explore the stars battle bravely discover strange new worlds be a part of something larger join starfleet academy aboard the intrepid museum and graduate with priority one your time is now Visit PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash Intrepid for complete information. Be ready to engage.
3: So it's been quite some time since Star Trek has been back on the small screen, but that doesn't mean it didn't give it a try. IO9 recently published an article with a list of some of the proposed projects that never came to be. Again, this falls under the category of Priority One Podcast helps me win at random trivia! We don't need to spotlight all of them on the list, but definitely the ones that we found most interesting. Be sure to check out the full list at Gizmodo. Links, of course, will be in the show notes. So, alright, they, they list four. Okay, and like I said, I'm not going to go through all of them. But the two that I found most interesting interesting were... Alright, so all four of them. I'm going to go over all four of them just a little tiny bit. Okay. So the first one was was one called Assignment Earth. And that was supposed to be a spin-off show off of the episode Assignment Earth, which was the last episode of season two in Star Trek, the original series. And Gene Roddenberry had written that whole episode with the foresight that Star Trek may not be coming back and he may be able to spin off this show as a cheaper sci-fi mystery show. Right. So that's really interesting. Again, there's more detail about it in the article. Then there's something called Star Trek Phase 2, which which that term has been thrown around a lot, mm-hmm. even in fan film. And long story short, Star Trek Phase 2 ended up m- morphing into Star Trek The Motion Picture. A lot of it got kind of halted in red tape, script handling, yada, 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 Paramount trying to be a new TV network, and that failed, and, but we have this story, let's tell it. Oh, okay, Star Trek The Motion Picture. So here's where it's the last two that really caught my attention and I really liked. After Enterprise ended, there were at least two attempts to bring a series back, one of them being an animated series called Star Trek Final Frontier. And I remember seeing concept art for this cartoon, and I, and I was really digging it. So this series would have been set 150 years after the next generation with warp travel rendered inert thanks to omega particles because clearly we hadn't collected enough in Star Trek Online. <laughs> <laughs> so the Federation has become an isolationist regime and and the new captain of the Enterprise is hoping to re-explore the final frontier, but unfortunately in 2007 CBS Interactive did a major overhaul of star trek.com and it was supposed to be a little bit of a web series with the hopes of it turning into like a full-fledged series. And that all collapsed when Star Trek.com did its renovation. However, there is an official website that you can visit with concept art and stories. We'll have links to that directly in the show notes, of course. Or it's StarTrekFF.com. Finally, and this was probably the most interesting one, the one that I, I kind of want to discuss a little bit, was a series titled Star Trek Federation a concept developed by director Brian Singer of X-Men fame, Chris McQuarrie, and Robert Meyer Burnett. This story takes place in the 31st century. The Federation is collapsing, and it's up to the newly commissioned Enterprise, captained by Alexander Kirk. Unfortunately, the concept never seemed to have made it to Paramount, because by the time Singer had the moment to polish the pitch after Superman returns, Paramount had already announced J.J. Abrams, so I'm not gonna lie. I think that the reboots would have been better with Singer at the helm. Now, Singer at the helm, same cast, but Singer, Brian Singer at the helm.
0: I'm not an expert on Brian Singer, I will tell you. Enlighten me. Remind okay. me of what you've yeah. done. So
3: did you all right, did you watch the first X-Men film?
0: Oh uh, yes. Yeah? Okay. Yes. Now
3: albeit like the by the time the third X-Men movie hit it kinda it kinda stunk. So, alright, so he did the first X-Men, mm-hmm. X-Men 2, mm-hmm. he did X-Men 2, eh, Superman Returns, eh. he did X-Men Days of Future Past, mm-hmm. which I, I did enjoy that one, and then he, he, he did uh, X-Men Apocalypse. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing about Brian Singer, okay, he, and what I really enjoyed about X-Men Apocalypse, right, you, you, story aside, you know.
0: Look, uh, was it, was it Oscar Isaac?
3: Yes, yeah. Oscar Isaac was Oscar Isaac was in X Men
0: Apocalypse. Yeah. No, I'm saying but, was but, that what you really enjoyed about X Men Apocalypse? Oh
3: no 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 no. <laughs> he's Cuban, he, you know. <laughs> I know, I know, but he, you know, he was he was under a whole bunch of makeup. You know, he's a minority character who's who, a minority actor who was hidden under a whole ton of makeup. Yeah,
0: that's a whole discussion for another podcast.
3: Right, and then the whole discussion about Jennifer Lawrence and her role mm-hmm. and you know, blah, blah blah blah. Putting all that aside, right, and looking this and looking at this as a comic book film, right, X Men Apocalypse. I felt as if though I was watching the animated series. It had that big saga feeling to it. Right. right? And then the action also gave me what I, what I would come to expect from that, from that Saturday morning cartoon. Because that Saturday morning cartoon was, was deep.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And so Singer is really good at respecting source material. right? Like really good. Even with Superman Returns. Superman Returns, albeit very boring... Seemed as though it was, in fact, a natural progression from the Christopher Reeves Superman.
0: Right.
3: What would have been the third film in the series.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Right. Forgetting, forgetting Richard Pryor. <sighs> okay. That was the intent. That Superman Returns was the third Christopher Reeves film. Right. Right. And again, although, again, a boring movie and it had its flaws, it was still. It, it still felt like a Superman film. Right. Right. It had it had the, the love and the, the the goody two-shoe Boy Scout, you know, all-American Boy Scout feeling to it that Christopher Reeves brought in the original eight, uh, 70s and 80s films. Okay. The first X-Men, same thing. Mm-hmm. So I would argue that if Brian Singer had, had – look, even if it was the same story, I think he still would have directed it better and or told it in a way, in a vision – that would have been truer to the source material. Ah,
0: see, you say that because this whole time, I don't know if you can hear my voice. I'm kind of going, uh-huh, convince me. You're not, quite, <laughs> you're not quite convincing me. The thing that I, okay, uh, first of all, I would like to say that I loved X-Men. I loved that film. I still love that film. I still can watch it. But to me, it's a solid film. It's not too flashy. It doesn't try too hard. Um, It's solid. And like you said, I completely agree with you. It it feels very respectful of the source material. And in that way...
2: (laughs) Exactly.
0: It, It feels very faithful to the source material. In that way, it is a solid film. I am doubtful that we would have a continuing... Star Trek reboot series of films had we gone in with a solid reboot. I think fans would have totally liked it more. There would have been less lens flare.
3: Right. But
0: right, right. I I think, you know, the thing that the 2009 Star Trek film does well that I have to give credit to J.J. Abrams for is that it came out like a bang. It was flashy. It was in your right. face. It was totally new. And it was just like, wow. Right. 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 Uh, Fans, mm, uh, you know, mixed on it. Brian Singer probably would have done a very solid film that fans were happier for, but I think it would have passed people by. People are still talking about the JJ-verse. People are still ranting and raving. Everyone has an opinion. People are still talking about it. Had Brian Singer done a very solid Star Trek reboot, they would not be still talking about it. The same way that people aren't still talking about the X-Men.
3: But they are though people yeah. I mean people are still talking about x-men x-men's still pretty big in the franchise and everybody agrees that x-men 3 was kind of like no nah, we don't want to talk about it but days of future past was solid fit was a solid film and x-men apocalypse again kind of fell under its own weight uh, under its own Jennifer Lawrence weight is what I'm gonna call it mm-hmm. but still felt it, 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 it it's it felt like a comic book movie like that's what I that's what I appreciated about it now I think you're right I think that perhaps not for the first film it JJ exploded Star Trek through the ceiling through expectations yep. and introduced it to a new generation. Yep. However, I think that like Into Darkness and even Beyond mm-hmm. and I liked Beyond yeah. but I think Beyond and Into Darkness could have been as explosive as X-Men Apocalypse or X-Men Days of Future Past with very solid stories and very solid direction and very solid action in a much more honorable way had Brian Singer been a a part of it because Brian Singer seems to be the type of director that 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 appreciates the source material and unlike JJ Abrams who didn't give a diddly squat about Star Trek you know and used it as his promo reel for Star Wars (laughs) we would have seen a a, a, I think I think we would have seen something that would have balanced between long living Trekkies and newer Trekkies who got into it because of the JJ
0: verse okay well uh, Eliza that's enough of you ranting That brings us to this week's first community question. Have you heard of a concept for a series that didn't make the list? And which official pitch would you have wanted to see come to life? And while we're on strange Star Trek facts that will help you win trivia, during 50 Years of Star Trek, the documentary that aired on the History Channel on August 14th, We learned from Nicholas Meyer that Eddie Murphy had been written into the script for the 1986 film Star Trek IV The Voyage Home. Seriously, though, do we need to delve into that?
3: Uh, Yeah, I think that little piece of trivia is epic in and of itself. I don't think we need to delve too much into it. I'm pretty sure that uh, it would have had the same effect as Richard Pryor in Superman 3.
0: Okay, well, moving on to our next story. Not too many people were thrilled with the look of the Discovery when the trailer premiered at San Diego Comic-Con. However, Brian Fuller has gone on record to say that the Discovery already looks much different than was teased. And, quote, that design wasn't even finalized. It was like, what can we share with folks at Comic-Con that lets them into the process? And already I look at that design and go like, we've got different nacelles, we've got different lines there. So it's an evolution, and we're finding that look as we get closer and closer to production," end quote. Fuller goes on to discuss the influences of the design for the new ship, quote, As we were looking to have something distinct about what our Star Trek was going to look like, we looked back at There was an abandoned Star Trek series in the 70s. It was actually for a movie. And Ralph McQuarrie had done some wonderful illustrations. And we saw those and saw sort of harder lines of a ship and started talking about race cars and Lamborghinis in the 70s and James Bond cars and started working on the designs, taking those inspirations and coming up with something completely unique to us. End quote.
3: So I I think it's interesting that they're looking at at cars from the 70s and decades past and not not ahead, right? Like, the Sovereign yeah, yeah. the sovereign kind of seemed futuristic. It looked fast, right? I remember having this conversation with James Lee uh, back when he was on the show when we were loving the Sovereign. Yeah, I mean, like, like I'm, I'm starting to wonder, oh my gosh, is this going to be a period piece? Are we going to see, like, it's going to be 70s, <laughs> it's 60s not,
0: kind of thing? It's not going to be a period piece, but Brian <laughs> Fuller has said that they are going to go for sort of a unique visual style, and I kind of like the idea of well, okay, the original series definitely had a style. It was a sci-fi no, it was the 60s. Yeah, it was a sci-fi vision of the future that was produced in in the 1960s. So, I think it would be really really interesting for them to try and do this futuristic vision of what sci-fi would have looked like maybe from the 70s, you know, could be a really interesting kind of visual look for the show. I mean, hard, I mean, Ugh, that takes a lot of work on top of actually producing a show. You know, keeping that vision consistent. But I, I'd be I'd be quite curious to see what they can do with it. Right, and technically, they have to
3: stick with the Kelvin, right? That 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 what was used in in two thousand nine Star Trek. Right. Right. We are. We know what the ships look like up until that point that Nero goes through the time warp. Again. So we know that, right? We know what it looks like. And so it, it's – I'm, I'm really curious to think what – if, if JJ was at the helm, right? Yeah. What would 10 years earlier look like from that moment? Because everything is fine up until that moment. Right. It's a shared timeline up until that specific moment. So we see that ship and we see the aesthetics of the ship. Yeah. Which are still very classic – is still very classic Trek form in starship design.
0: You mean in the Kelvin timeline?
3: In th- – yeah, I'm 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 going up to the point where the Narada attacked the Kelvin. Right, 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 right. So the Narada attacks the Kelvin, but we see the Kelvin.
0: Oh yeah, and the Kelvin's pretty right standard very, it's standard track, yeah, yeah. and
3: and the the bridge, you know, the bridge isn't as max store clean yeah. as the Enterprise later on, but you know what, essentially, what is what does ten years look like before that Kelvin? Right you know because he, i mean is it going to take a comp- is it going to is it going to be a complete departure from that you know is it going to be something like wow well to heck with that kelvin i'm going to make whatever i want or is there going to be is there going to be some type of continuity up on un- with the jj verse with the jj definition of what the prime universe was up until that moment does that make sense? Because it's making it does, my brain. It, hurt I'm, a bit. I'm
0: following you because I've had the, I've had the same same thought in my head because, you know, theoretically we could be looking at a show that it prequels the Kelvin timeline. Well, it does. It prequels both timelines. Let's be honest.
3: The timeline doesn't split up until he fight the Narada fires the first shot right. at the Kelvin, right? Or until the Narada actually comes through the the, the wormhole.
0: So. I remember reading something last week uh talking about the the visual style and the technology and I wish I could remember what it was. I'll try and find the link and I'll pop it in the show notes if I can. That Brian Fuller said that he wants to update the the technology. So we won't be looking at a we won't be looking at a series where the technology is like the, is like TOS but 10 years earlier. It's going to be updated from that. Sorry. Gumdrop buttons. Gun, yeah, probably no gumdrop buttons. Although it'd be really, it'd be really nice if they just put a few in, yeah. just, just, just to be fun. That'd be fun. So it's going to have its own technological style. So yeah, maybe we are going to be seeing something that could then realistically segue into the Kelvin and then into the Kelvin timeline. Don't know. Well, what
3: do you think, captains or cadets? What does looking at Racing cars and Lamborghinis from the seventies mean for the feel of Star Trek Discovery? How might this impact the overall aesthetic of the show? Let us know in the comments section for this episode at Priority One Podcast.com forward slash PO two eight four or hit us up on Facebook or Twitter when we post the community
0: question. Now let's get Mark in on the discussion and find out what's been happening in Star Trek Online.
4: Computer status report. Status. Incoming message.
0: I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, Captains, welcome to Star Trek Online News, where Mark and I are finally recovered from STLV. You know, mostly. (laughs) Well, we were really hoping to ease back into a nice, quiet, stone news segment. And then it happened. So let me go ahead and set the scene for you. It's Monday night here in the UK and we're relaxing after another successful episode of Priority One, and the content for this week's show is but a twinkle in our eyes. It's probably going to be another slow news week, as it has been for a few weeks now, and then the Priority One Google Hangouts pings. It's a link to a blog post. Tier 6, Connie, confirmed. Wait, haven't we had that already? No, it's not a cheeky substitute Kelvin timeline enterprise. This is the original. NCC-1701.
5: No bloody A, B, C, or D. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, it's really handy to have a Scotsman on hand at times. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, they only went and announced after millions of years and bajillions of an endgame Connie will never exist... You now, finally, can get your hands on a Tier Six Constitution-class starship of your very own. But, it comes with a few caveats, which we are totally going to discuss. But first up, Mark, why don't you give us the rundown on the ship?
5: For a limited time, now through the 15th of September, opening a Research and Development Pack from the Sea Store will give you the chance to get a whole ten be Crystals. Yay. Yay! Or, a Special Requisition Pack, 23rd century tier 6 ship that will will award you one of three ships depending on your faction d7 temporal battle cruiser for klingons Attilus temporal warbird for romulans and a temporal light cruiser for federation that would be the constitution class in case you weren't already aware as they're all temporal ships they come with the same abilities many of the other ships did on the release of agents of yesterday you have the choice of three different configurations while you play, defensive, offensive, and support, and you can earn counters to fuel your molecular deconstruction beam. All three ships feature the same special console and starship trait. The console, the ominous device, which is a bit more galaxy quest sounding to me, activates the Corbomite maneuver, in which nearby enemy ships will flee from you for a brief period before realizing they were had and return to the fight. The affected foes will have damage resistance and defences reduced substantially for a short period. The console also provides a passive damage bonus to all damage types. The trait built to last applies a weapon power cost reduction and a hull regeneration buff when activating a hull healing bridge officer power. The regeneration buff's effectiveness increases when triggered at a low hull strength.
0: Let's just talk about this for a second, can we? So we're never going to get a tier five or tier six constitution, huh? Uh,
1: Apparently that was the case for a while. That has been the official position for many, many years.
0: Now, see, listen, I think we're going to have to do some investigative journalism, or perhaps one of our listeners can do it for us, because everyone says that. And I haven't seen the original I would like to see that original post even if they do, even if they have said that somewhere, which I kind of okay, it's believable, fine okay, they changed their mind, it's fine
1: mm-hmm. well, I think it's because it's the 50th and Cryptic have right in my mouth. Cryptic have I'm guessing, approached CBS and said okay, look, can we do it this way it's the 50th anniversary here's how we can work it where it makes sense are you okay with that? I'm guessing that's what happened.
2: The
0: truth is that we don't know what happened, and it really doesn't matter because it is what it is. So the reaction to this ship <laughs> has been interesting,
5: to <laughs> say so, the least.
0: Yeah. So last I checked on um, on the Reddit, I think there was something like 500 comments <laughs> on the one thread oh, talking oh, one about it. Um, and I'd say I would say it was mixed. I mean, to be fair, it's been mixed. I after so many years of asking and asking and asking, you, you would think that people would be thrilled. However, I think where we're all coming a bit unstuck is the method of delivery. True. Because is this ship accessible by all players? That's a big fat no. Uh-uh. So, yeah. So this is only available, currently, in Sea store bot r R&D pack. You can get it on the exchange, apparently, if you're quick and, like, super space rich. Mark, you said the last one you saw was going for about 750 million EC. Yeah, and I've heard of a if couple If you can people, even see one.
5: Yeah, if you can see one. And people, a couple of people have and said to me, or seen in chat, they have spent that. It's literally been constantly refresh, refresh, refresh. Boom, there it is. And you've been lucky if you've got it.
1: There is also one other way, which is purchasing the R&D packs that have been placed on the exchange. And obviously, if you're lucky enough to get
5: one directly from an R&D pack that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And with the event, they've obviously bumped up in price quite considerably.
0: Now, I think this is interesting because when the Kelvin timeline enterprise came out there was a there was a fair amount of murmurings about oh they've put it in a lockbox like oh you've got to gamble for it it costs but generally speaking most people can open lockboxes on free-to-play because you can buy keys for i mean okay a lot of ec but you can do it free to play and this is this is like a whole nother tier this is like one step beyond the lockbox isn't it This is, like, more focused on real money. And it's real money, and it's still a gamble.
5: Because, at least with other ships now, they're now in the Infinity Lockbox. This is one that it's not going to be in. Well, the Kelvin
0: Enterprise is not in the Infinity Lockbox yet. It probably will be at some point in the future. they will always say it's
5: probably not going to be in, like, the next time they do the Infinity Lockbox. It'll be, like, the time after, if I remember right from the news blog. But when you think about, like, the Gem-Hadar strike ship, the original one... Mm-hmm. When they first did the lockboxes, that's not really come around. And the last time was the... Yeah, the American Timeship. Yeah. That's really yeah. not come around again either.
0: They have done recently, and I can't remember exactly when it was. It was one of the recent R&D pack promos that they did re-release a ship that had been previously only available in the R&D pack. So there is precedent for it potentially coming back. But, you know, this is... It, uh, this is problematic. It's a limited time event, so it's only for what two or three weeks.
3: Yeah, and it's
0: weeks. a gamble, and it's real money. Mm. There is a limited supply of these ships, so once people have them, it's not like they're gonna. There's gonna be a drip feeding onto the exchange. Y- mm-hmm. You just won't be able to get them. So that's it. <laughs> that,
1: that that. Right. Well, f- the first thing I want to say is I am extremely surprised that. There is now finally a T6 Connie. I, I was shocked when I found that out. I was immensely shocked. The next thing that I want to say is that I would imagine again, this is pure speculation but I would imagine that CBS probably put in the stipulation that it is not easily accessible. The game should not be flooded with them, which means they said fine, we'll put it into an R&D pack and we can release that You know, once a year, once every two years, or whatever. And they went, go for it. I would imagine that is probably what happened.
5: Mm, That makes a lot of sense. Now, we
0: don't want to get too much into speculation, because the truth of it is we don't know, and we never will know. But it does raise a good question. Should it be limited time, limited availability? Do you think that that's a good thing, that it's only available... You know, very exclusively. Well it exclusively. depends on what way you're
1: looking at it. Uh, there's two ways to look at it. You can look at it from the player's side, you know, your ordinary average mm-hmm. casual player, or you can look at it from the game's point of view and cryptic's business point of view. You know, there's it's yep. two different arguments here. Well
0: look at it from okay, look at it from the Okay, so from the player's point of view, what do you think?
5: For one, it gets to end game, which is nice. That
0: mm-hmm. is
5: in game, but If it has to be that, it has to be that. I was going to say,
0: it gets it in-game, but you'll never have it. But you do have it. You cheeky monkey. After
5: I opened eight (laughs) boxes.
0: Oh, just stop. I know. Stop.
5: I know. I'm green with envy over here. I'm saying it nice to get it in-game, but it's going to make it very exclusive. It's going to make it that we never know when it's going to come back around again. If it's going to come back around again. There's there's a different thing about being it in an R&D pack rather than a lockbox. And I think that's the big concern. There is no set rules or set pattern of if it comes around again. It might not. It might be a 50th year once off. this period is the only time you will ever have to get it. And it's the unknown.
0: Now, I actually perhaps controversially don't actually have that much of a problem with it being super exclusive. Mm -hmm. I personally agree that there should be exclusivity in games because, uh, yeah, okay, I want all the stuff. Like, yeah, I'd love to have it in my roster. I'm not sure I would fly it. I would just quite like to have it. But, you know, I think that it is right and proper for people who are more serious than I am at playing the game that they should have something to work towards. And okay, they might not be able to get this ship this time around, but it might encourage more people to have a goal so that they have a stockpile of Zen or EC so that they can next time. I'd, because otherwise, what happens? You get to end game, everyone can get everything, and then what do you do? What else is there to do? There's there's no PvP. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Um, you you kind of get there, so... Mm-hmm. No, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that. I do like
5: the idea of exclusivity. But it's just... It'd be nice if there was a a rule round about it and i think from what I'm reading that's a lot of people aren't sure on
0: do any does any of you guys have anything that you wanted to add that we haven't already covered well I
1: suppose there probably is a very small minority of players that just do not care about the ship um i am included in that group i i bought four boxes earlier today i opened them up if if i got it which i didn't I would have been putting it on the exchange straight away. Because I just do not care about the ship. It's not one that I want. It's not one that I want to fly. It's just... Yeah, I'm not interested in it. Um, so... No, it will be a small yeah, minority yeah. of players that will be like that. Most likely.
0: But it, to, to be fair though, the, the community needs people like you who are willing to, you know, plunk a few pounds down or euros or whatever to do that because that actually gives give some fuel in the exchange oh yeah yeah where other otherwise if it was only people trying for it that just desperately wanted it for themselves nobody else would have an opportunity and it would only be available with cold hard cash Mm -hmm. so it's actually important that there are people who don't care now I
5: was one like kind of along the same lines, and it would be nice to have it but I wasn't going to do what I've done before with lockbox
0: ships what have you done before with lockbox ships spent a whole lot of money on keys Right. Okay. I <laughs> just wanted to clarify. Yeah. Yeah. So, and to be fair, I think the the reaction has been actually pretty mixed. I've seen people that have said the same thing as us that are not actually that bothered. I've also seen people that are um, very mad.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Passionate.
0: Passionate. Passionate members of the community with strong opinions. So, I don't know. I... I think it's a little bit of a storm in a teacup, and like all things, all good things come to those who wait, maybe? We'll see.
5: So that brings us to this week's community question. Will you be going for the new tier 6 constitution class? Have you already got one? What do you think of the ship and the promotion?
0: Next up in this week's news, if you missed out on meeting the devs in Star Trek Las Vegas then have no fear! It's been announced that members of the dev team will be hosting a booth at Star Trek Mission New York. It takes place over Labor Day weekend the 2nd through the 4th of September at the Javits Center in New York City. The Star Trek Online booth is going to feature full demo stations with the console version of the game and free t-shirts to the first thousand players to try it out. In addition, you can get your photo taken in front of classic Star Trek Online backdrops in their special photo booth. And of course, stopping by and saying hello to the devs will score you that convention-exclusive code for seven holographic bridge officers, based on the crew of the original series. Executive producer Steven Ricossa will also be leading a panel at the convention, talking about console and the development process behind it. And of course, don't forget, if you are attending Mission New York, we've teamed up with the Intrepid Sea, Air, and Space Museum to get you $5 off admission to their Starfleet Academy experience all weekend long. Visit PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash Intrepid for details on how you can get in on the deal and meet up with some of Priority One and Cryptic devs at our event on Saturday night
5: again this week in an effort to bring you some of the news and comments from pwe and cryptic that aren't officially announced in the blogs here's the latest comments pulled from the twitterverse
0: jeremy randall at bordicus cryptic tweeted fyi i leave my xmpp chat client logged all the time if i don't respond don't take it personal especially if you send me a message at 3am that's a (laughs) subtweet that's totally a (laughs) subtweet
5: John at STO Cryptic Rock tweeted: Any day where you get an email from Professor Oak is a good day.
0: <gasps> Did you? You guys saw that, right? I saw that. Was oh, that. I actually amazing. didn't. That's so cute because they've got. Uh, for those of you who are not aware, uh, Cryptic is actually a Pokéstop. No,
1: oh, Pokemon that's right, gym yeah. As
5: well, it was. A, oh, was it a gym? It's a gym. I didn't the, realize it was a whole gym. Which is why they all got badges. They actually have Cryptic that's Pokemon right. gym badges.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really cute. Um, several of the developers have uh, tweeted out about that, so go and check it out.
5: Go oh, Team Mystic.
0: Team Fowler. Team Mystic. <laughs> anyway.
5: Team who gives
1: a crap.
0: And finally, Laughing Trendy tweeted, Why brain did you have to remind me of Bob?"
5: <laughs>
0: and uh, once again, because she's done this before, thank you Trendy for sharing.
5: And lastly, before we wrap up Star Trek Online News, here are some upcoming events to look forward to. The Mirror Invasion returns as a limited time event from now until maintenance begins on September 15th. In the Mirror Invasion queued event, earn your choice of marks and run a new reputation project for a huge reward of marks, Dilithium, and a unique Admiralty card, the ISS Stadi a Mirror Galaxy X.
0: That's right. Completing the daily event 14 times and turning in the multi-dimensional transporters that you earn will get you 50,000 Dilithium ore, 500 fleet marks, 250 other marks of your choice, and the ISS Stadi Admiralty card. And once you've done that, there's another daily project to complete for even more marks and Dilithium. Of course, as always, events are subject to change without notice. Make sure you check the in-game calendar or listen in here at Priority One Podcast for the latest news and updates from Star Trek Online.
5: That's it for this week's Star Trek Online news. Now let's head over to the Astrometrics Lab for a special report from our science advisor, Dr. Robert Hurt.
6: Scientists using the European Southern Observatory's telescopes in Chile have just made a remarkable discovery. They have found an exoplanet orbiting the star Proxima Centauri, which is the closest star to our own solar system. Not only that, the planet falls within the habitable zone of that star, meaning that liquid water could exist on its surface. This means that the closest known exoplanet to Earth could possibly be hospitable to life. The scientists made the discovery using something called the wobble technique, looking for very slight variations in the motion of a star as a telltale sign of orbiting objects. This occurs because gravity is a two-way street. If a planet is orbiting the star, the star is going to respond proportionally to the gravity of the planet. Now since the star is much more massive than the planet, its motion is going to be very tiny compared to the motion of the planet. By observing certain spectral features of the star that fall at very precise wavelengths of light, astronomers can detect very slight motions in the star through Doppler shifts on those lines, shifting them ever so slightly towards the red side and the blue side of the spectrum. If they pick up a cyclic repeating pattern of shifting lines, odds are they've detected the gravitational signature of an orbiting planet as it influences the star. Now, even though Proxima Centauri is the closest star to the solar system, you can't even begin to see it with the naked eye. That's because it's a red dwarf star. It's only got about 12% of the mass of our sun, and it's only about half as hot. Moreover, it's really just a little bit bigger than the planet Jupiter. As a result, it only puts out less than 1% of the light the sun does, and at a distance of about 4.2 light years, that really isn't bright enough to see without a telescope. Since Proxima Centauri is so much fainter and cooler than the sun, it means the habitable zone is much closer to the star. In the case of this newly discovered planet, which has been dubbed Proxima b, it only takes 11 days to complete an orbit around its star. We also know that it's at least a little more massive than the Earth, though we don't have an exact measurement. Other than that, we really don't know very much about this planet yet, though you can bet it's going to be something that we studied heavily in the coming years. Because it's orbiting so closely to its star, there's a good chance it could be tidally locked, or basically keeping the same face towards the star throughout its orbit. And it's also worth noting that being in a location that could potentially be consistent with liquid water on its surface is not the same thing as being a very friendly Class M life-bearing world. Indeed, it's worth noting that M dwarf stars, despite being cooler and smaller than the Sun, can be much more turbulent and produce solar flares that are far more violent than ones we see in our own solar system. These flares can produce large quantities of ultraviolet and x-ray radiation that could be very hostile to emerging life forms. Still, given the relative difficulties we've had identifying Earth-sized worlds in habitable zones in the many thousands of exoplanets we've found so far, there is something strangely reassuring about knowing that the next star over has got one. Maybe they're not so uncommon after all. Well, that wraps it up for this week's Astrometrics Report. Let's go see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other.
3: Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. First up, we have a special message brought to you by Chris Keane.
2: Hi. This is Chris Keane.
1: I'd like you all to know that after my recent bath and electric heater incident, the doctor has said I will live, although he wouldn't recommend it. I'm also legally bound to play you the next public advertisement to help those not make the same mistake I did.
4: Thank you. It's winter time. And Mr Norris has decided to bring down the electric heater from the loft. Watch as the other members of the house cuddle around the warm heat from the electric fire. But look at poor Mrs Norris, forced to take a cold bath on this cold winter's evening. But wait, what's this? Mr. Norris is bringing in the electric heater to keep Mrs. Norris warm. Oh no! The electric heater has slipped into the bath with Mrs. Norris! Don't be a plum. An electric heater isn't meant for bath time fun.
3: Who'd have thunk that would have been a two-parter?
4: Yeah,
0: right?
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a public service announcement from Chris Keene. Thank you Chris. I I am so grateful for that that PSA because I I am one of those people that happen to have heaters near my bathtub as I am taking a bath with with my friend <laughs> right next to me there. Oh, you know, wow. seeing all the goods. <laughs> so, thanks Chris. <laughs> Oh, Oh, hey. I I never would have known that that was a bad idea.
0: (laughs) Right. Hey, Elijah. Yeah? Haven't we got another voicemail this week as well?
3: As a matter of fact, we do. Let's give it a listen.
2: Hello, this is Lucas Anderson from Champaign, Illinois, calling in to say how great it was to meet so many of the Priority One team out in Vegas. And I also have a message for my fellow listeners, if you deem it fit to share. Which is that I've been listening for a really long time, like way back to the uh, single-digit episode numbers, but I've only recently become a patron. And I just want to assure my fellow listeners that being a patron feels great. Like every week when you talk about how, how important it is for people to contribute to the show, I get the satisfaction of knowing you're talking about me. And once a month on my credit card bill, I see the little Patreon charge... And uh, I admit I'm contributing at a very low level, but I look at the amount and I realize that it's having no adverse financial impact on me at all, yet it may be having a meaningful impact on the show, and that makes me feel good yet again. So to my fellow listeners, if you're like me and you listen to the show and you recognize it as a thing of value, I encourage you to treat it like a thing of value and then put some money there. You know, nothing more than you can handle, but um, if you're like me, I guarantee you it's going to make you feel really, really good. So that's my message to the community, and um, priority one, uh, keep up the excellent work. It's appreciated, and it's meaningful. Hashtag Keen is Chris Keen.
3: Lucas, thank you so very much for the voicemail. It was a real pleasure meeting you this last year at Star Trek Las Vegas, celebrating the, the 50th anniversary. I'm sorry we didn't get the opportunity of hanging out a little more, but uh, thank you for introducing yourself, and, and thank you so very much for those kind words and, and for your patronage. It, it means a, a, a great deal to us, really.
0: Yeah. Also, hashtag Keen is Chris Keen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that needs to be a thing. We
5: need to get to trending.
0: Yeah. So last week's community question was, what's your favorite comedic moment from Star Trek? We had loads of great feedback. I mean, this question clearly hit something because so many people (laughs) answered. Yeah, we had loads of great feedback, and as usual, our listeners went above and beyond. So check out our Facebook, Twitter, and at PriorityOnePodcast.com for all the links. Uh, Lots of people uh, linked over to YouTube videos and other things. It's great. Thank you to everyone who took the time to write in and submit links. I don't think I'm alone in saying that. We really, really enjoyed reading everything that you guys sent in, so thank you. So first up, Dan at D. Canescu tweeted definitely the Life Forms song Data sang in Star Trek Generations.
5: Life Forms
1: You tiny little
5: life forms
1: You precious little life forms Where
5: are you? Kimberly Sharp commented on Facebook.com Contagion The face-off between Enterprise and Commander William T. Riker
6: If it should become necessary to fight Could you arrange to find me some rocks to throw at them?
5: The whole episode is great Intentional and unintentional humour
0: Tyler Maxwell commented on our forum post Can't pick just one There's so much fun and mirth to be had across all of the shows and movies Kirk getting rained on by tribbles Cisco punching Q Pretty much anything involving the Doctor Even a grumpy goo like Worf gets in on the action
4: Sir, I protest I am not a merry man
5: I love that line Deja Q has my favourite funny moments including Data's laugh and Q ordering 10 chocolate sundaes Hashtag Star Trek humour
2: I'll have 10 chocolate sundaes 10? I've never seen anyone eat 10 chocolate sundaes I'm in a really bad mood
0: And we'd also like to acknowledge Mark Runeke at The Snackist for being the first listener ever to send us 6 tweets in a 3 tweet string Well played Mark
3: and remember, cadets, I'm going to call you all cadets until after Star Trek Mission New York. We want to keep the conversation going, and we want to highlight some of your stories on our show. So from now on, every week, we want to hear from you about your Star Trek story. Maybe it's how you found Star Trek. Maybe it's a way that Star Trek has changed your life. Whatever it is, send it to us via incoming at priorityonepodcast.com, and we'll pick them out to read. Well, that wraps up episode 284 of Priority One Podcast.
0: But before we go, here's our community questions for this week. Have you heard of a concept for a series that didn't make our list? Which official pitch for a Star Trek TV series would you have wanted to see come to life? What does looking at race cars and Lamborghinis from the 70s mean for the feel of Star Trek Discovery? And how might this impact the overall aesthetics of the show? And finally, from our StoNews segment, will you be going for the new Tier 6 Constitution class? Have you already got one? And what do you think of the ship and the promotion?
3: Captains, you know we love hearing from you. So leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or tweet us via at PriorityOnePod. You can even leave us a voicemail via SpeakPipe. You can be as keen as Chris Keen by clicking on the widget right on our homepage.
0: Don't miss a thing from the world of Star Trek. Catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. And if you're listening to us via iTunes or Google Play, please leave us a review. And more importantly, help spread the word about the show by inviting your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going.
3: Don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency Podcast at guardfrequency.com covering the world of space sims including star citizen elite dangerous descent underground and many many more if you like this show then listening to guard frequency is the logical choice
0: thanks to our graphic artists romulan ale and jason smith to our writer and social media manager jake morgan to our video editor jerry tillman and to consultant midnight shadow seven of hollow media for supporting this show
3: thanks to our audio team led by michael mcdonald with assistance from brandon parker jake morgan as maria DePost post and gavin Lawarn. thanks to the composer of our theme music chris watts thanks to our syndication partners subspace radio and trek radio most importantly a big thanks to you the star trek community our listeners because without your ongoing support none of this would be possible
0: enemy ship on sensors
3: red alert
5: ready weapons
0: engage, engage. It. I thought it was wiki wiki wiki. I don't. You because you don't do like bricky bricky. Anyway, doesn't matter.
3: So it's been quite. It's been it's been a long road.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, oh, get your guitar out. <laughs> no, yeah. don't. Because we gotta. This is efficiency today. Efficiency.
1: <laughs> there is a sense of earnest so, about this episode.
0: No, no Sorry. musical interludes. Sorry.
3: So it's been quite some time since Star Trek has been back on the small screen, but that doesn't mean it didn't give it a good old try. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: Let's try that again. Uh.
3: The series would have been set 150 years after The Next Generation with time... With time warp. Let's
0: do the time warp again.
3: (laughs) However... There is an official website that you can visit with concept art and stories, and we'll have links to that in the show notes, of course. Of course. Dude,
0: and we'll you have need links... to Take a deep breath, right? And just I know, chill I know. Out. I'm speeding through it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I kind of like it, though. You know what it is? It's the coffee, too.
1: <laughs> oh, Jesus. How many coffees? I have 17 coffees today. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this show
0: done.
3: <laughs> so, this story takes place in the 31st century, not the year the 31st century. <laughs>
0: Jesus, wow, this is going down as like the epic Elijah can't you know, speak episode. I'm, I'm making
1: some notes for the editors.
0: <laughs> just just cut not everything like this week. that Elijah says. Fuller goes on to discuss, <laughs> shut up, I had a like a sticky tooth. <laughs> it was like sticking on my lip. A what? <laughs> <laughs> my tooth was like, my lip was stuck. What the hell's a sticky tooth? <laughs> you know,
1: like when your teeth get all dry and your lip sticks to your tooth. Oh god, wasn't a cookie that had socks on her teeth or something? Or, am I remembering <laughs> that right? What? <laughs> what? I've heard that before somewhere. That's just reminding me of it. <laughs> never mind.
0: N- never mind. Okay.
5: The console, the ominous device, which is a bit more Galaxy Quest sounding to me, activates a... I never say this right. Corbomite. I'm going to say that again. Corbomite.
0: Corbomite. Da, 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 da. Sorry, that's a that's a five year mission song.
5: It also sounded it's like duck tales. Da, 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 It does duck a
0: bit, yeah. Um, I can't remember the words.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, right.
5: <laughs> that's so good in Blippers. The console, the ominous device, which is a bit more galaxy quest sounding to me, activates the Corbin Mighton remover.
0: But that would yep. be Corbinite maneuver.
5: maneuver—that's very hard with a Scottish accent. <laughs> Can I just say activates the Corbinite maneuver, or do I need to do the whole sentence again?
0: I will leave that up to our audio editor to decide. <laughs> do
5: the whole
1: sentence again.
5: Oh, yeah. for. <laughs> <sake>. <laughs> there, I said it. <laughs> activates the Corbinite maneuver, in which
0: yeah, nearby. No.
5: No. Oh, for. I'm just saying Corbinite maneuver. Well,
0: Stay. yeah, okay.
5: The console also provides a passive bonus damage. I'm really tired.
0: Mm-hmm. Also, so. Oop oop so oop I'm so. really tired. Also,
5: <laughs> so. Yep. I have started to lose all manner of speech.
0: Okay.
5: The console I just saw someone's cursor flashing up and I kind of It's panicked. Winters.
0: I'm keeping an eye on him, don't worry. I haven't done it... a thing.
2: Yet. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, to be fair uh, to
5: be fair I think for many many years give me a second I need to top up my drink I've gone I've gone all dry mouth I've got num tongue
0: num tongue num tongue tongue I can't even say num tongue like, to be okay. fair well, anyway, that brings us to this week's community question: Will you be going for the new Tier Six Constitution class, or have you? Oh wait, no, yeah, Mark, was, you got to do that one. Yeah, I was sorry. I was just gonna let yeah. you know, like, oh, wait. I was having right, another right. identity crisis. It, it says
1: Mark right there. And it says Mark. yeah.
5: So tonight, this is and Mark, matter, and you you this is a say, test. I am not Elijah. I am, I am not, not
0: Elijah. Mark. I am not Mark.
5: And then by next week, I am not Elijah. I am not Mark. I am not Winters.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I never, I never had that. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
5: Yes, mm, I now have it stuck in my head. Mm,
0: do it by, do <laughs> up, do <laughs> um. <laughs> break it down.
5: And Hansen have been recreated or reincarnated in the Priority One team.
0: <laughs> Can I be the the cute one?
5: There's a cute one. <laughs> yeah,
0: the
5: <laughs> no. middle one. Oh, anyway. when you're talking about. Anyway, that's it for this week's new week think. This week's weeks will we be...
0: Will we Will read totally you know, winters if you listen back to um intro <laughs> elijah totally goes winters. Winters. <laughs> yeah. winters and as always in the audio booth is our audio, uh, audio engineer winters <laughs> does that mean i don't have to sing it
3: yeah oh, you should you should though
0: all right <laughs> i don't know what the tune is life forms boop, 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 boop.
3: the funny tiny little life form
0: uh, something you about life forms. life forms. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> and then <gasps> he goes. He goes. Uh, he
5: goes. Wait, wait. He goes. Yeah, yeah. No, but do you, I still love? There's coffee in that name. You
3: sound. You sound exactly like a pompous ass. I mean, what? Oh my!
5: He is being absolutely savage.
3: Crikey. The cat
5: claws are out.
3: Well, that wraps it up for. Ep- Ugh, man, now you made me want to clear my Sorry. throat.
0: let <laughs> me clear my throat. <laughs> okay,
3: closing in three, yep. two. Well, that wraps up episode 284 of Priority One Podcast.
0: But before we go, here are I don't our. Know why we- I said it that way. Podcast. <coughs> it's fine. I, my, Podcast. My, my voice is all weird anyway. Do, can you just start from the beginning again?
3: <clears throat> I need water. Hold on. Ugh. Can we just clear the deck? Yeah. No, nah, this is all blue. <laughs>
0: Cling your dick. <laughs> do you guys like my post from earlier? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw that. I didn't realize until afterwards that it said Michael on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go, here are community I can't here wow. here's I gotta here. I can't say here are because I can't do my R's right. I have to say here's R. I'm sorry. Here is I know that's colloquial. Uh, no, here's I'm I know that's colloquial, just gotta deal with it. But before we go, here's our community questions for Jesus, this week. it's like her mouth is like a desert. Holy! What, am I being, <laughs> am I, am I like super, super mouth noisy? Oh,
3: you literally just what I just <laughs> Like that is literally what just happened. <laughs>
4: oh my <Yeah>. God. <laughs>
3: She's gonna spray every she's gonna spray right into I'm her not,
0: mouth. I'm not, But you know what, Elijah? My mouth is super moist now.
1: All right, you brought
3: it
2: Sorry. there.
1: This
0: is, a,
3: this is a great closing.
0: <laughs> this is gonna be super fast, isn't it? Okay, <laughs> <laughs>
4: my
3: god, wait. Have you even gotten to the community questions yet? Are we still? We're no. Still- <laughs>
0: we're you guys need to stop. You can just shut up.
3: <laughs> I was like, I had to remind myself that we're not even like we're not I even
0: two paragraphs literally-
2: in. It was, it was two minutes thirty done.
0: seconds, and you've literally said, said two words. Yeah, you've literally said I mean, two lines. Well, that wraps it up. <laughs>
3: <laughs> ah, jeez. Alright, here we go. Let me try it again for, for, no, I'll just go for the from sake before, of our I'll just start for the sake of our audio Okay, editors. okay. Yes, fair enough. Well, that wraps up episode 284
0: of Priority One <laughs> <laughs> I used
2: to you
0: have one sentence to get through. You couldn't even hold Look it. Luke was talking. <laughs> okay, yeah. <fair>. <laughs> <laughs> Which official pitch for a new Star Trek series would you wanted to see come to life? What? what? Are you, <laughs> you making...
4: It's English, what's happening? It's not the way I would say it.
0: It's, why. which official would you have wanted to see come to life? I'm sorry. I'm trying. I'm she trying like, really hard. She like, <laughs> she, she, like, you merged. You made up a word. <laughs> Shut up. Stop making me laugh. It's being really, really difficult right now. <sighs> Which official pitch would you have wanted to see come to life? Uh, Screw it up
3: again! Captains, you know we love hearing from you, so leave us a comment on our web.
0: (sighs) Deep breath. (sighs) Slow down.
3: No, I have junk in the throat.
0: (laughs) The trunk. (laughs) We know, Elijah, we know.
3: Thanks to our audio team led
0: by Michael McDonald with assistance from Brandon Parker. Park Parker? Assistance parke? from parke? Brandon Parker. Parker? Jake Parker? Morgan as Mario Day Post and Gavin LeWorn. Thanks to our audio team led by Michael McDonald with <laughs> assistance from Brandon Parker. Jake Morgan
3: as Mario Day Post and Gavin Runeblaze. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: love you, Gavin.
3: Okay.